0: So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests this season, and we've also had some amazing guests that have been part of this series, so go check those out as well. Okay. For today's episode, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is DeMarco Jackson. DeMarco is a linebacker who played college football for Appalachian State. During this past season, as a mountaineer, DeMarco played in all 14 games, recording 119 tackles, six sacks, and a forced fumble. DeMarco was named to the first team all Sun Belt, and also he was the Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Year. DeMarco Welcome to the show.
1: How y'all doing?
0: Well, I'm excited to chat with you today. It's good to have you here. I've seen you a number of times this year. We were both in Indy for the Combine. And then I saw you in Tampa in the gym working out at House of Athlete Tampa, as well as out on the field with other players. And Yo and his team, they do an incredible job down there. And so I always love getting to be out there on the field with them. Shout out to all of those guys. So let's start out our conversation there. You were down in Tampa for quite a while before the combine, and then after we're getting ready for pro day. What were some of the things you were really focused on improving pre-combine?
1: Pre-combine, I was just really just focused on trying to get the season off as soon as possible. I came like December 18th training with Yo, and trying to get the season off, and really just a lot of like yoga, flexibility, change of direction, speed, things like that. That was really, I think, my biggest one, just working on Really, just like my feet and my change of direction and stuff like that.
0: And so then you did the combine, you perform, you evaluate, you assess that, and then you get ready for pro day. And we'll talk about the combine more in a minute. But after the combine and when you were down again in Tampa training for pro day, what were some of those things that you were then concentrating on improving upon?
1: Well, pretty much it was just the drills that I didn't do at the combine. I wasn't able to complete the L cone and the short shuttle. So pretty much me and Yo came up with a plan saying, okay, like just do X, Y, and Z at the combine, then we're gonna go and focus on those things more heavily for the pro day. So I benched, done my L cone, done my three cone, and pretty much done um, position work.
0: So we'll talk about Pro Day again in just a little bit, but let's run things way, way back before we go there. You're from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And tell us about when was the first time that you picked up a football or suited up, and what about football made you fall in love with it?
1: For me, I will say I was about five or six. I just fell in love with the game just from having the ball in my hands, pretty much, just being able to be a running back and just take the ball to score. And just keep doing it over and over again. And I just fell in love with that feeling of scoring.
0: And in your family, you have four siblings, three brothers, which also played football. What was that dynamic like as a kid?
1: I mean, for us growing up, it was always just the weekends were just always we were somewhere. We weren't working, doing like our family thing. We would be at some type of sporting event, maybe a track meet, maybe a football field, maybe baseball, travel baseball. We were just always busy.
0: And something that I learned about you that I didn't know was you grew up on a family farm and you enjoy riding horses, fishing, bull riding, and calf wrestling. How did you get into all of those things?
1: I mean, for me, it was just like a family hobby. I mean, not like a hobby for us. It was just something we were just like, my older brothers, like we just take, we took on the responsibility of the lifestyle, but really just a bunch of dares from, from my brother's And I just fell in love with those things, pretty much.
0: Very cool. So a lot of my listeners know that this whole Move the Ball movement started with me writing a book about football, where I discuss different principles and strategies that I've taken away being a student of the game and how to apply those things in my life to be successful. There's a lot of things football teaches us outside of like the hard work, the teamwork, the discipline. What are some of the other lessons that you've taken away from the game that you think will help you to be successful in this next chapter?
1: Really just your preparation. Having football is a lot of mental preparation for me. I take my game. So, I mean, just making sure you are doing extra work, like a lot of reading, a lot of studying the playbook, a lot of time management. That's a huge thing, like trying to have everything organized so you're able to just get the most out of each day.
0: And you play the linebacker position. When you look at that position, what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well? And secondly, what makes you elite at it?
1: I feel you need to have great communication skills. You need to have quick thinking and a lot of quick reactions. You got to have great instincts at game speed.
0: And what do you think makes you elite?
1: My instincts, my reaction, finding like and tracking the ball.
0: So now going to college football, you chose Appalachian State over schools like Charlotte and Georgia Southern. Why there?
1: Pretty much going through my injury. I tore my ACL midway through my senior year in high school. So App State, they pretty much stuck with me through the whole process. And I just made it home for me. Somebody that stuck with me through the injury.
0: And so what was your first season like at Appalachian State? What did you learn that year to help you to become a better, more skilled player as you continue to progress on in your career?
1: Really just handle my business like I handle in the classroom and how I handle it on the field, like showing up to work every day, showing up to class on time. Really just a lot of football study had to mature a lot also.
0: And we all have moments in our lives that really help us to grow and become better people. When you look back at your time playing college football, can you share a moment? doesn't have to be on the football field that really helped you to grow into a better player and a better person.
1: i would just say it was the people I surrounded myself by. Like the people I was surrounded by were just like a lot of older guys who had just a lot of promising future and they seen it within me. And they just really just took me under their wing and just showed me the way, showed me like things that they do like on their weekends or their off time and just just how to be a professional about your business
0: and now let's look at your junior year you had 87 tackles two and a half sacks two interceptions and were named to the second team all sunbelt at this point in your career what are some of the things that you were doing right to ensure that you would continue to perform both on and off the field
1: I mean really I just feel like a lot of times when you get in season, it's just a spin. Like everything's going so fast. Like it's team after team after team. You're just, you don't really have a lot of time to focus on your technique. So a lot of my time in the all season is just focusing on technique. A lot of the times like making my steps, making my hands, making everything that you don't really know that you're doing on the field, like training yourself, making sure like all your small movements are just perfect coverage wise making sure your feet are making being more patient and things like that not trying to that type of stuff but then just because when you get in season you really don't have a lot of time to do that type of stuff when especially in college you got school, then you got to come out to practice. It's just a bunch The balance.
0: For sure. And paying attention to those little details in the offseason definitely makes a difference. We see all the great players, they always talk about how those little things are key to their success. So we have to bring up the Appalachian State victory over Arkansas State. That was a special game for you. The team had won 45 to 17, but you had two interceptions that game. What was that game like for you? I
1: don't really look at my accolades like that. So I I just remember that win just being out there with the team and pretty much this coach gave me the game balling. It was just like an honor. You just having seeing all just remembering the days where you just don't know if you're doing it right or know if it'll pay off and just keep working, putting your head down and finally seeing like small increments of what you can be.
0: And in football, just like in life, people always talk about those parallels. Something that happens in both of those settings is that we're always having to adjust and adapt to whatever is thrown at us. And so let's talk about the COVID year for a minute. That was a year that really did a number on all of us. Share with us, what was that year like for you and the team and how did you guys have to adjust?
1: I mean, it really just made us take football, like, not taking it for granted. I mean, going into fall camp, we were unsure. Like, I remember Coach saying, coming in there, saying, like, this could be the last thing NFL scouts see because we weren't promised a great season or anything like that. So, understanding, like, wow. So, we let got let go for, like, three weeks in fall camp, which, which is, like, crazy. You know how fall camp is? It's, like, a bunch of crunch time for, like, football. So, But then just jumping in and just saying, yeah, the season's there. It was a weird year, like, seeing players go down, having to see younger guys step up, seeing guys that were just straight defense having to go to offense and be like a wide receiver a running back, kind of like a like a little league out there. Everybody's going different places. You don't know what's going on.
0: What would you, if you had to say, something I really learned from that year, what would that thing be?
1: For me, it would be – always be expected for a man to go down or the unknown. Like we had, like I said, we had a bunch of guys at state, you know, it's not really like people say like the biggest school. So, we were handed in a lot of positions. So a lot of people had to step up and play different places.
0: And let's fast forward to your senior season. You played all 14 games. And as I mentioned, when I introduced you, you were the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year. What were you doing right this season that really helped you to perform well and earn such an amazing award?
1: I would say that was all my time management. Just putting my focus in the right places. If it was in the classroom or if it was in the film study room, if it was at practice, being locked in and pretty much just being where my feet are.
0: And you bring up a good point. We've talked about time management or you've said it a couple times today. And it's so important, no matter whether you're on the football field or you're in the classroom or you're just in life and in the corporate space, how you manage your time is really going to determine whether or not you're effective and you're, quote unquote, moving the ball every single day. So when you look back on your college career, what was the most memorable experience for you?
1: Really I'll just have to say it was two moments beating Coastal as a team. Like that was my like the most team like atmosphere like that game was just awesome if you've seen it. Like this App State it was a Wednesday game and we sold out. Like the stadium was sold out. It was a night game. Just a great atmosphere. And for me, I have to say just that moment of being at practice and getting that invite to the senior bowl. My coach put it up there on the bit screen. I wasn't even paying attention when we broke it down. And just like the celebration, like and you know, my teammates, we all had.
0: So the time has come and you've hung up your college cleats and you're preparing for the NFL draft. We've talked a little bit about some of the things that you were doing pre-combine and pro day. What are you doing now, I guess, just to continue to stay ready, stay focused to get ready for that next chapter?
1: I'm just doing the workouts, you know, yo, sin's over. I'm just doing the workouts and just staying in shape for the private workouts and for like the 30 visits. Just staying in shape and staying on football, just watching a bunch of film, like NFL film. Now, just getting your eyes used to like being under center or used to like adjustments, recalling fronts that I might have called in a senior bowl because that's more similar to we're moving ahead to now.
0: And as you know, the NFL is a business. Your cousin, Maurice Morris, also played in the NFL, wasn't running back for both the Seahawks and the Lions for many years. Has he been influential in you preparing to transition to the NFL in the next level?
1: Yes. I mean, I seen him. He can't. his son was getting recruited out at App State. And pretty much he really just a person that lets you self-guide. If you need some advice, he'll be there for you. But he trusted me. He, like, treated me like a grown man. Like, you got to make your own decisions. You know what I mean? Like, you're your own person. So don't let somebody tell you specifically what to do or try to tell you how to go about your business. Like, go about it as a grown man and you got your future.
0: You mentioned the Senior Bowl. How was that experience like for you?
1: That was a good experience. I mean, just getting in there and meeting with the NFL, like having an NFL linebacker coach, like the Detroit Lions LB coaches, and just having them in there. And just being in the team meeting, seeing how they talk, how they interact. It was just pretty cool. You know, just a, a eye opening moment. Like you always had them like milestones where you think about like where you're at in life. And just being in that room, I was just very grateful to be there in the game. I just had a, I feel like I had a great turnout as well.
0: Great. I'm glad you had a good experience. And it's not just about the game. There's so many of the things you get to do, the interviews, the connections, the networking and the meeting with other guys. It's a fun week, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, you meet a bunch of guys from the different schools that you probably don't know, but you heard of each other. So I'll probably just be like introducing yourself and just connecting with them.
0: I talk a lot about networking on the show because it's an important part to being successful in business. And so you never know. I mean, the world is small. You never know where people go and when opportunities will present themselves beyond football as well. So it's good to have those connections earlier on.
1: That's true. For real. that's definitely true.
0: Now let's get to the combine. So you were down there, had a great time. You had a four five five official forty time. What was the combine experience like for you?
1: For me, it was just like one of the things, like I said, like a milestone in your life to where when I got down in that first 40 stance, pretty much, I was just like, you know, as a kid, I always gross and I want to be on there, like watching. I want to do that. I want to do that. So pretty much like when I got in that first 40 stance, I like looked up. And if you look back at it, I just started smiling like, oh, snap, like it's here. It's like really here. like you the guy running now. And I just dubbed my head and just took off. It was really just like all training, went out the window, just took off and started running. And the right after the guy on the field told me my time and I called Yo. And I mean, he told me, hey, this, this, and this. And we fixed it and got a little got a little lower. But I mean, like, it was an overall great experience. Just like seeing coaches, having the coaches out there, like the LB coaches out there on the field working us out, different drills. Like it was a pretty cool experience.
0: And when you look back on that and then going into the Pro Day and showing out again in Pro Day, what were some of the things that you do to stay mentally locked in? Because NFL is a business. This is, as they say, the biggest job interview of your career, right, is being able to perform and do well and interact well with the coaches and scouts and the teams there as well as at Pro Day. Like, how do you stay mentally locked in?
1: really just, I like to have a routine in my, like, in my head, like, just waking up, eating a good breakfast, starting my morning off, like, the right way, and I feel like if you start your morning off the right way, you have, like, a much better day. I like to read. I just cut out, like, all social media. I don't, like, look at it, and I just cut out, like, all the at home, like, just distractions that people, you know, people always want to talk, people here and here and here, just, like, really just saying, like, being more selfish, saying, like, no, this is the Marco time, like, you need to to stay focused, like watching your technique on different things, re watching videos and stuff like that.
0: I love that you're talking about taking care of you and focusing on you is not actually selfish, right? We need to make that a priority and saying no to the distractions to other people is important. No matter where you are in life, we all need to have that courage to say, Nope, I'm focused on something else right now. I'll get to you later. So, DeMarco, if a team were to ask you, Why should I pick you over someone else? What would you say?
1: I'm just a well-rounded person. I just got a great work ethic. You ain't got to worry about like a cancer coming into your locker room. It's a guy that's just not going to leave the office until the job is done.
0: Great answer. What I want to do now is run through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do?
1: For me, I like to be outside. I'm like an outdoorsy person. I like finding like food spots, like finding hole in the wall, places to eat at. I like kayaking. It's a new thing I learned in COVID. I like to golf a little bit. I'm just, COVID, you really found all the outdoorsy things you can do. And I just fell in love with a bunch of stuff like that.
0: What is one thing most people don't know about you?
1: I would say, a lot of people don't know about the, people say South Carolina, like the countryside of me, just like the family farm and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I did not know that about you. But when I learned, I was like, I could see that. I can see that about you.
1: Yeah.
0: What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Committed, hard worker, and humble.
0: Great three words. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: It had to be Ambition.
0: Great song. What is the best piece of advice you've been given by a coach?
1: Never cheat your work. Don't ever let nobody cheat you out of your work.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to flip it and ask you, what's the best piece of advice you would give someone?
1: Best piece of advice, I will give someone, I would have to say really that same message, but just... Always stay true to yourself and just keep trusting in you, believing in yourself.
0: Love it. Now you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would those three people be and why?
1: Steve Harvey, LeDurk, and I have to say it before, it will be a Williams sisters. I watched that movie on HBO about the sisters and how they grew up. I mean, like, I just feel like there'll be a celebrity like I want to hear more about just like dive in and just, you know, just like interview them, see like how it was for them.
0: For sure. Two women at the dinner party would be a great conversation. Those ladies are awesome. And so they definitely have done well in their career. So my last question is, do you sing in the shower? Yes. Are you good? No, (laughs) (laughs) that's okay.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not. My girlfriend tells me all the time I'm not a good singer.
0: So, DeMarco, as we like to end the show, let people know, where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at DeMarcoJackson20, Instagram DeMarcoJackson1, and same for TikTok.
0: Awesome. We'll have those links in the show notes so people can check you out and follow you on your journey. DeMarco, thanks so much for joining us today. Of
1: course. I'm glad. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: For sure. And I wish you much success in this next chapter. I'll be excited to see where you go in the draft. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like the show and you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and also share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball.